This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. On a chilly Monday at Bristol Motor Speedway, the Kyles brought the heat as they battled for the win. But in the end, a classic bump and run helped send Rowdy to victory lane for the second week in a row. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR America, a Monday race edition of NASCAR America. A little Monday action at Bristol Motor Speedway today. We're coming to you from the Big Oak Table here at NBC Charlotte. Marty Snyder alongside Jeff Burton and Steve Letarte. Fortunately, guys, the 48 hours of Bristol is finally over, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a long 48 hours, but an exciting 48 hours. I thought it was some great, great racing. They finally kind of have that mix of the bottom groove, the top groove. I thought it gave the competitors a lot of options. Yeah, anytime the green flag was going on, there was something happening. It was really fun to watch. I hate that uh, the race wasn't able to be completed on Sunday because mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't, they didn't get a chance to watch a great race. And I don't know that we've ever seen a race weekend like this with temperatures in the 80s on Friday <laughs> when you're getting your car ready, Steve, right? <laughs> and then rain on Sunday and then snow on Monday. I mean, that must have been a nightmare for these crew chiefs. Well, it was a nightmare in the weather, but Bristol's already a nightmare because the way they treat the racetrack changes so much from Friday to Saturday to Sunday from lap one to lap 500. It's already a note-heavy driven setup because there's just not a lot you can learn in practice. I, I think that I think what makes it so difficult is that not only is the weather changing, as he just said, they treat the track, so the track's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that makes it a huge challenge, which, by the way, I'm good with. I'm glad that it's hard. I'm glad <laughs> the track changes. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard, and this racetrack is certainly hard. All right, let's take a look at the highlights over two days at Bristol Motor Speedway. And, of course, on Sunday, a lot of rain in the area, Steve, and, uh, you know, kind of a start and stop to the day. It got started a little bit later, but did get some laps in on Sunday. You see the uh, green flag happening yesterday, and then this early incident. Yeah, it happened right away. Lap three, Michael McDowell was fast all week long, started up inside the top ten, loses control, and takes out a couple heavy hitters, Martin Trex Jr. and Chase Elliott. Two cars I thought were going to run well. You see lap 118 significant because at this point, Ryan Blaney had led all but 18 laps, Jeff, until this. Yeah, just the wrong place at the wrong time, but you can see some people skirting by. They're not getting out a chance to win the race. Tough break for Ryan. You know, it turned into a fight for the bottom. This was today, and you see Kyle Larson trying to get to the bottom there with Brad Keselowski. This is Bristol. Just because you're in the lane doesn't mean I'm going to let you be in the lane. I'm faster than you. I'm going to give you just a little touch, move you up, clear you very easily. And Larson regains the lead, but then kind of comes down on Ryan Newman. Well, Kyle Larson and lapped Ryan Newman. And I think Kyle thought, you know what? I lapped him. He's out of the race. And Ryan Newman said, I'm not. This is my spot. He drove it in there. And Larson just didn't know he was there. Yeah, and right here. Spun out. The race winner. Take a look at this. You have the 42 slides. I'm looking at the 18. A hard left. Ooh. Barely missing Larson. Easily could have ended his day. Snuck through there, didn't he? Hey, Bubba Wallace, very strong. First time he's ever led a lap in a cup race. Yeah, I'm surprised there was still a bumper on this 43 car because he was aggressive. You could tell he had a great race car and he wanted to show it. But then eventually Kyle Busch had to show him, listen, I know you're good, but I'm better. Easily <laughs> went up there. Look at the front nose on the 43, all that damage. It was a busy day. From there, it was a battle of the Kyles, Jeff. And what did you say about bumpers? 
<laughs> they were being used here as well. So a little bumper run from the first guy, and then right here you see him paying it back a little bit and just just hard, tough racing, Bristol racing. That's what that's about. Love that fight for the bottom. Kyle Busch gets that lead with five to go and goes on to win his second straight Bristol win. He has become the guy to beat at that racetrack, no doubt about it. And appropriately, right about now, checkered flag, it starts snowing. Why not, right? <laughs> yeah, we had everything else. Why not have that? But Kyle, even with the variety of the grooves being the bottom, being the top, he still proved that he's the guy at Bristol. 45th Cup Series win for Kyle Busch, breaking a tie with Bill Elliott on the all-time wins list. Jimmy Johnson finished third for his first top five of the season. Ricky Sinhouse Jr. rallied to finish fourth, and Alex Bowman, a career best fifth. Here's more reaction from the track today. Once we fell back, I wasn't sure I was going to have enough time to get back up through there, but our car was just so fast, and uh, I just put my head down and focused and, um, and gave it everything I had and was able to get back up through there. So, um, you know, that was certainly a, a fun battle with Larson. I wasn't sure if I'd get there, but he seemed to be a little bit loose, and uh, it was helping me gain, gain ground on him. I think Kyle and I have proved that uh, even though I don't have a win here, I think everybody knows that you know Kyle and I are probably the best around Bristol. And, um, it's always fun to race him, whether it be Xfinity Series or Cup Series, and um, you know I had fun racing him, you know through traffic and all that. And then you know there at the end, I just was just really loose, and he was better than I was. You know, all in all, I was bummed that caution came out. Uh, being on better tires, I thought we were going to be able to run down the 42. Uh, he was by far the class of the field, I would say. Um, you know, throughout the whole run and the whole race, you know we were uh, you know fighting track position, gaining it, losing it. Uh, you know, back and forth over the last two days, but. All in all, a really strong run for our Sunday D Ford. We had a, a good Friday, good Saturday, uh, and then a, a good race on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, just a, a solid weekend. You know, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about our cars driving better and haven't been able to get rid of the bad luck. And although we had a lot of bad luck and adversity thrown at us over these last three or four days, um, we still, you know, got a great finish out of it. So um, it's nice to back back up all of the talk that we've been saying with a great finish. We got a good uh, good start there for once and. Had some good track positions, so uh, just thankful for uh, for driving Prender Better Sports. It's been a lot of fun. Um, finally, getting some some good runs going our way is has uh, been cool. So, to run fifth, it's not a great day, but uh, it's better than than what we started the year doing, and uh, we're making progress, making steps in the right direction, and just got to keep doing that. Chalk another one up for Kyle Busch. Make that seven cup wins at Bristol. That's the most by any active driver and fifth most all time. The four drivers ahead of him on that list, all members of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So he's certainly in some very good company, isn't he, guys? So I think, Jeff, the one thing that you took away, the old Bristol might be back. So is the bump and run alive again at Bristol? It appears to me that it is. And, I, <laughs> you know, what I like about what I saw all weekend was that the bottom was better. But the middle, you could still use the middle. So, you know, I like the bottom being the best because I think it produces the best racing to watch. I know as a driver when I went and the top, the, the top became the best, it got easier for me. It, got, it became you weren't loaded as much from a G4 standpoint. The feeling of speed wasn't there. I like the fact that it's back on the bottom. And as a race fan, I like, I like to see a little bit of shoving. I like to see that action. That's, and when I did it, I liked it too. I mean, that was that's Bristol. That's what... That's what it's about. I know some people like the groove to widen out and get that top lane going. That's Michigan, man. Bristol is on the bottom. Well, I think it's a nice change that there's a track that you can make some contact and move a guy out of the way. At those big tracks, it's just not possible. One big takeaway I had about the track is I was up there uh, for the first couple days. Now, I didn't stay for the 48 <laughs> hours of Bristol. But as I talked to the crew chiefs, there was a comfort 
with this traction compound. You know, yeah. this was black magic. What's it going to do? All this right. panic the first few times. But this time, everybody seemed pretty calm. Look, it's going to stay down. We know what the track's going to do. So I think they finally got a little bit of comfort of how to treat the track, and the competitors have some comfort on how it's going to affect it. Let's talk Kyle Busch. I mean, he had all those second-place finishes to start the season, and everybody was talking about Kevin Harvick and how good they were at the beginning of the season. Well, now the 18 team has won two in a row. Have they sort of established themselves as, as the best team right now in Cup? Well, I think we could see another team, you know, do it, win multiple races in a row. Why do we think that he couldn't go to Richmond? You know, you think yeah, about sure. Joe Gibbs racing and how good they are on the short tracks. It wouldn't surprise me one bit to see them go to Richmond and win a race, uh, so make it three in a row. I, 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 When you're running second and getting second place finishes and putting yourself in position to win races, you're going to win your share races. And that's what this team has done. You, they're... He is one of the best drivers, period, in the story, and he's driving for one of the best teams, and eventually they'll break through and win more races. Yeah, we've seen one surprise winner this year, and that was in the Daytona 500. That's Every right. other race we've gone to, while you can't predict the winner, no one was shocked with the car that won. They are the best race cars at those racetracks. Hendrick Motorsports, two cars in the top five for the first time since Dover last fall, but it's a short track. So do, do we take much away from that or Ab- not? Uh, momentum is momentum. Remember, Jimmy Johnson started last. When he talked about that bad luck, they qualified, they ended up having a flat tire, had to go to last on the field. We saw how hard it was to get through traffic. Everybody had issues. The, the nine car wrecked lap three, so it was definitely not easy to do. I thought that from start to finish, this was actually the best put-together race we have seen the 48 run all year long. Wasn't smooth, wasn't easy, wasn't the best car, but this is the Jimmy Johnson we know, Jeff. Start last but recover. Right, you forgot he started last. He got all the way up in the top five. Yeah, and not do not do something trying too hard to get a win, right? Like understanding, okay, we're not where they are. I got a third place car. I'm gonna go finish. You know, I'm gonna get the best place, get best finish I can with it. Alex Bowman, really good job. Uh, the talk all weekend was a nine car prior to the mm-hmm. race. Nine cars fast. Nine cars fast. So you know, this was by far, although the results may not show it with all the cars from the time they unloaded off the trailer. This is the best weekend they've had this year. First top 10 of the season for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He finishes fourth, but that doesn't tell the story. They had the spin on lap 61 when he was running second, and the uncontrolled tire as well. How desperately, Steve, did this team need a finish like this to be able to complete a race? Well, so there's two buckets they need to look in. They need a good run. Roush Fenway Racing needs a kick of momentum, needs a shot in the arm, but this was Bristol, and he was going to run well regardless. Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s numbers at Bristol are outstanding. No one was surprised he ran well today. I agree with what he said. If it would have been green, I wanted to see if he could run Kyle Larson down on those fresher tires. We didn't get a chance to see that. So almost opposite of what I think about Jimmy Johnson. They can build on this run. I think Roush Fenway Racing can't. I think they need to understand that this is a standalone event. This has nothing to do with the rest of the season to continue the hard work they're putting in to try to improve on their big track program. And, and, you know, they are – they when you run the way they run for as long as they've run, they're working their guts out. You know what I mean? And having a good finish, having a shot where you can say, you know what, if this thing would have gone green, we might could have run them down and had a chance to win. That's what those guys need because you cannot work those hours. You cannot put that in and not have results and not lose faith. Yeah, the, right? the guys working hard, working all the hours, they need the shot in the arm. That's but right. the guys making the decisions – Let's not try to even pull the wool over anyone's eyes. This was Bristol. This wasn't anything else.
Steve, you said something interesting before the show. You said, in your mind, Daniel Suarez, who finished 11th today, was maybe the most impressive driver. Why do you think that? Well, so I read the articles and I read the story about his thumb injury, but I ran into Daniel Suarez up at Bristol in the motorhome lot, and he had this very awkward-looking brace that didn't allow him to move his thumb at all. And he told me that in the car, he couldn't use his thumb or any bit of his palm to grab the steering wheel. At, mm. In my mind, the toughest racetrack to drive. I've always heard from drivers how physical it can be, especially since the bottom was the place to be. So the fact that he persevered, now I think he got a little fortunate. It wasn't 500 straight, right? He had a little bit of break overnight. But that doesn't change the fact that he ended up inside the top 15 driving with what, nine hands or nine fingers, one and a half hands, right? So that, Bristol takes nine hands. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, when you when you lose that, he was already behind, and I think that was a, an impressive run for me. And, and, you know, for those watching at home saying, why does it matter, you know, what you do with your thumb? Well, it doesn't if you're riding down Interstate 77, right, mm-hmm. because you can take your hands off the wheel. Well, you're going to Bristol. And when a driver puts his hands on the steering wheel, he puts his hands on the steering wheel, and that's how he connects to the race car how he steers that car, what he feels in his butt, all that matters. And when you have to change, when you move your finger and you no longer can drive the way that you are accustomed to driving, it changes everything. It, that, it's like a basketball player saying you have a broken finger, you got to shoot a free throw. It's the same thing. So uh, being able to recover from that, I, I'm with you. I, I, that's, that's very impressive. Well, coming up next on NASCAR America, Ryan Priest with one of the more popular wins in the Xfinity Series on Saturday. Oh, yeah, and he got paid as well. A hundred grand for him. Plus, Denny Hamlin with some post-race comments today and some scathing comments. We'll detail that coming up on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. You know, over seven decades of NASCAR, some of its greatest drivers have carried the number 88. Bobby Allison earned eight wins in the 88 during the 1982 season. Darrell Waltrip won 26 times driving the 88 during the late 70s and early 80s. And then there's two of our own. Dale Jarrett took the 88 to the Cup Series title in 1999. And, of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr. scored nine wins in the 88, including the Daytona 500 in 2004 with some guy named Latart sitting right beside me. And today, Alex Bowman with a career best finish at Bristol in the 88. But with all due respect, the hottest 88 right now might be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Bruins' 21-year-old sensation, Dave Pasternak, has been lighting it up in the playoffs. What has he done? Well, how about four goals and five assists to lead all playoff scorers? And tonight, he'll be back in action. His game on Saturday was historic. Six points, including a hat trick as the Bruins routed the Toronto Maple Leafs. 7-3. to three. They are back in action tonight, as we said. One of four playoff games on the night. Two of them right here on NBCSN, including the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, and two more on CNBC. Big night of hockey here on the networks of NBC. I know Steve's proud of his Bruins and very excited for that, aren't you? I'm excited. I'm, I've I'm, learned, though, that <laughs> hockey playoffs are long. Just be patient. It's a long they time. Are, they are very long. Hey, on Saturday, Ryan Priest was a double winner at Bristol in the Xfinity Series. He not only took home the victory, he also scored a $100,000 payday in the Xfinity Dash for Cash program. And long before Ryan became a star, he and Joey Logano raced quarter midgets back in Connecticut. Logano had this photo that he tweeted out earlier this week, and <laughs> How cute is this with these two guys? That is awesome. I don't know what is in the water in Silver City, Connecticut, but apparently it's creating some great race car drivers, Jeff. Yes, it has. Uh, that's a cool picture. Two guys that wanted to do it when they were kids and are having a chance to do it now. All right, let's take a look back at Saturday.
race extends his advantage from two car lengths to four. The white flag is out here at Bristol. And suddenly Justin Allgaier's attempt to close has fallen short. He's now six car lengths back of race leader Ryan Priest, who's off turn two. Ryan Priest will have no traffic to deal with. He heads to the start-finish line. It's Ryan Priest, $100,000 richer, as he takes the checkered flag in the Fitzgerald Gladder Kits 300. Oh, man. Eric Phillips, you're the man. I told you, man. I knew what it took to win this thing. It's just having the patience all weekend to have what you got. Nice job. I mean, to be honest with you, last year, I knew if I had the right opportunity that I could come and do it. And uh, we've been slowly gaining on it what I need, and we had it there those last 10 laps. So we're just going to keep on progressing and trying to win more races. Uh, Steve said, see, you got that win. I said, I want more. I'm hungry. So I just want to keep winning. It is so fun to look back at that. And I think he's establishing himself as, as one of the great stories. Here's a kid who bet on himself. With two races with Joe Gibbs Racing, he was able to win one of those last year at Iowa. Now he wins at Bristol. So, Jeff, has he put himself in a position where Joe Gibbs Racing has to find a way to keep him in the fold? Well, the question is going to be where does he fit? At 27 years old, you know, where if, if they look at Joe Gibbs Racing and who they have for drivers at the cup level, like when and how are those guys going to need to be replaced? And so how does Ryan Priest fit into that formula when that opportunity comes? And that's – I view how they look at their Xfinity program as making investment to be able to use at the cup level. And so I don't know. I, I think that he's proven himself. I, 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 I really like Ryan Priest. Like, I've spent a lot of time with him racing at New Smyrna. That dude's a racer, man, and I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I just don't know where he fits into that overall picture. Well, I think we just have to enjoy the story as it unfolds. Everybody's ready to give him a cup ride. Well, I just remind <laughs> everybody that William Byron, the guy that's battling to run inside the top 20, top 25 at the cup level, he won the championship last year. Saturdays and Sundays are totally different. So does he deserve to be in an Xfinity car? Absolutely. Will it make him a cup driver? Who knows? But Xfinity is more than just the driver. It's pit crews. It's crew chiefs. It's mechanics. I think he can do a nice job for Joe Gibbs Racing and keep that car out of trouble. And who knows, maybe find a sponsor that's looking for a 27-year-old great story. Yeah, and, and, let's, and let's don't forget from Saturday's race, Brandon Jones led so many right. laps and pitted and did two instead of four. And, and you know, <laughs> that's hugely disappointing to that guy and those team. But, but Ryan Priest, he's the real deal. He can win, I think, at any kind of racetrack. It's just him having the right opportunity and fitting into a company at the age that he is. And there's no doubt all the short track racers around America have made him kind of their hero. They're like, <laughs> hey, he made it. We all can do it someday if we can, if we can just get our shot to get up there. Hey, up next on NASCAR America, a former short tracker, Denny Hamlin, with some very pointed post-race comments today after the Bristol race when he talked to our Dustin Long. You don't want to miss that. Coming up next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Yesterday in the Verizon IndyCar Series, Alexander Rossi completed a dominant weekend with a win in the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. He led it all but 14 laps, guys. Rossi has now taken the championship lead with three podium finishes in the first three races of the season. He has been so impressive. Let me tell you, and he wants to keep it going this weekend in Alabama. Tries to knock off Joseph Newgarden, who won at Barber last year. And that's where we head for the Indy Grand Prix of Alabama this Sunday, 3.30 Eastern on NBCSN. Hey, you guys are more than welcome to join me if you want. We come to Alabama. It's a beautiful place. It is. I've actually been to Barber, <laughs> and it is a beautiful place. But uh, 
I have a great seat, and your TV coverage is so great. I'll just watch I, it from my I, house. I appreciate that. Denny Hamlin, <laughs> however, was not in a beautiful state of mind after the race today in Bristol. After having to pit from the lead for a loose wheel, Hamlin had plenty to say to our Dustin Long about NASCAR's new common pit gun policy. It sucked because we had another one. said, look, if you think our stuff is better, we'll supply it for everybody. And, and I can assure you it's better than the junk we're running. There you go. Some very pointed comments afterwards. Joe Gibbs in the media center said, well, we're not ready to make pit guns for everybody. But just <laughs> thought, thoughts on what Denny had to say. Well, I understand his frustration because he's a competitor and these race teams are used to controlling everything. They don't like anything outside their control. And I think that's the number one thing people have to understand. This is a major change. Um, you know, it's hard to understand what's really causing the loose wheels. I do think the air gun change is a contributing factor. Is it because the guns are bad? Is it because the teams are struggling to use them? I think the jury's still out. I do believe there's some inconsistencies in the gun. DJ said it on this show before, and I kind of agree with him. I'm a little shocked that NASCAR didn't give this a trial period to see how this would work out before they got to the Cup Series. I don't think Denny was inaccurate, thinking that this could cost somebody a great finish. But at times, there are painstaking challenges moving forward. And I think long-term, the gun is going to be an improvement. But in the short term, I'm not sure it's quite ironed out. Well, I, I agree there's problems. There has to be problems. You know, not everybody's making it up. At the same time, we had a lot of loose wheels last year. And with the, whatever guns they wanted to have. And we had pit equipment failure last year with their own equipment. So, uh, you know, what's going on is that when we have a failure, we're hearing about it because it's not theirs. When there was a failure before, they tried to, They didn't really talk about it because they were saying they failed it. So, um, you know, it's a mixture of, of all of it. Uh, but when you're running well or running poorly and something out of your control uh, uh, takes you out of your day, it's going to make you mad. And these guns are completely out of their control. Now, how they use them, how the pit changers use them, that is in their control. Now, if it breaks, nothing they can do about it. But maybe they need to slow down. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not getting in there. But it's a, uh, it's a difficult situation for everyone. Well, up next, Dale Jr. will have a very special guest on his podcast tomorrow. It might be a guy who played a pretty important role in today's race. Find out who next. Tonight, the Stanley Cup playoffs, after dominating the first two games at home, Brad Marchand and the Bruins are in Toronto, where William Nylander and the Maple Leafs will look to ratchet up the intensity and climb back into the series. NHL Live gets started next. Thanks, Liam. Can't wait for that tonight. Hey, a quick reminder, Wednesdays with Dale Jr. around the Big Oak table in Charlotte. This week, Chris Devota will have Jr., Steve, and Clint Boyer. I'm sorry, Steve. 5.30 Eastern on Wednesday. I know you're looking forward to that, aren't you? Don't apologize to me, because with me and Clint Boyer <laughs> and Dale Jr., I'm not sure Chris is going to get a minute to talk. Uh, and speaking of Dale Jr. on this podcast tomorrow, hey, I'll be joined by Kyle Bush. You might recall this incident way back in the day, 10 years ago, as a matter of fact, where these two guys got into it. At Richmond, Clint Boyer, who will be here Wednesday, wound up winning that race. They're going to chat about that and a few more things. And remember, Junior said at this race that Kyle Busch is going to need security to get out of the racetrack. So that was a fun, fun evening, wasn't it? Well, it's, listen, Richmond under the lights. I would expect nothing different this weekend. 
I'm just excited to see 10 years later what they're going to actually say is either of them going to tell the truth. You, fun? It's fun for Clint Boyer. I don't know. I'm not sure it's fun for anybody else, but he thought it was pretty cool. Well, Dale Jr. was funny. He said we're going to bury the hatchet when they do their podcast. So we'll have that for you on NASCAR America. That's going to wrap up today's show. We'll see you. NHL is beginning here in just a moment. Hockey coming up next. The Stanley Cup playoffs. NHL Live starts right now. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.